It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. It's a oh Thursday morning, I guess. My week is kind of rolling into a, b- a very busy week. Yesterday, I was down to La Crosse for the listening session for the Farm Bill put on by Derek Van Orden and uh, committee chairman... Glenn Thompson from Pennsylvania was there, and he filled uh, most of the questions. Uh, Van Orden's dealing with some personal stuff, so he was there virtually. But there was quite a turnout. There was well over 200 people in that room that were very interested in the Farm Bill. 20 of them did get to testify, so they, you know, spoke their piece on what they thought, what they think needs to be in the Farm Bill. And it was, it was, you know, it was really... Very refreshing to see all those people there that are taking an active interest in the new farm bill. I do have some clips from Glenn Thompson, um, and we had a just a little bit of a opportunity to talk to him, and we talked about themes and forestry and any surprises, and you know the main reason for the farm bill is to provide food security food security for everybody not just you know the ones not just for everybody you know to have enough food to go around and have it priced in a way that everybody can afford it and it was just and to take care of the farmers you keep keep them producing that food and make it uh it was just really it was a very interesting um gathering interesting event and it was so so good to see so many different people out and about and to uh you know learn what they're thinking about and uh, you know there's a lot of conversations that happen you have your speakers that get up and talk but there's uh, so many conversations that happen within the group that it probably gets as much done as the ones that get up there and talk. So that's what's really on my mind, I guess. Um, and we're going to talk more about world corn production and the Wisconsin State Fair. They had an awful lot of people. They had over a million people come to <laughs> see the fair and be a fair goer and probably eat some cream puffs, as Kristen always teases me about. And our longer audio today is coming from uh, Nate's down in Madison. And he's going to be talking about the Bison Association and learning more about that and what they, what kind of impact they make on the ag industry. And we're going to start out today here on Wax 104.5 by talking about the weather. Today, 75 and windy. Tonight, 50. Tomorrow, 81 with most Mostly sunny, and tomorrow night, 63. Then we run into Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, 91, 92, 88. Hot and humid. Tuesday, 87, and Wednesday, 85. And I don't know about you, but I'm okay with having a little more hot weather before the kiddos get back in school, because I know an awful lot of them are starting here this next week. And, um, you know, give us one more last blast of some hot weather and... Humidity isn't always my friend, but it's okay. I'll take it. 
because then you think about how cold it gets in the winter. So that's where, that's my whole thought process on that. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. RV service appointments now available at ChilsonRV.com. And that's our weather on Wax 104.5. So we better get through some chores and and uh, have a little fun along the way and share what we know. And we're rolling into one minute after five o'clock. And it's time for some national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. At least 110 people are confirmed dead in what has become the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. The devastating wind-driven blaze tore through the town of Lahaina on the island of Maui. We're going to continue to limit access in the impact zone for now because there is, again, like I said earlier, some toxins that we worry about and we're going to rapidly go uh, through that area. Hawaii Governor Josh Green confirmed the new total in a news conference Thursday afternoon. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are set to visit Maui on Monday. The apparent names and addresses of the grand jury members that indicted former President Trump have been posted online. The info was found on a website that frequently uses violent rhetoric. Nonpartisan research group Advanced Democracy spotted the posting and says that names and supposed pictures of grand jurors have started to circulate on other social media sites. Threats have been made online against the jurors and Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis, who brought charges against Trump and 18 others over attempted interference in Georgia's 2020 election results. Target is seeing a drop in sales after backlash over its Pride Month merchandise. Brian Shook reports. They fell over 5% in the second quarter, with customers buying less in discretionary categories and instead more in the food, beauty, and essentials categories. A press release from the company says the retail giant will cut its profit outlook for the rest of the year. CEO Brian Cornell added that Target will continue to focus on the guest experience while taking a cautious approach to planning as it preps for the fall season. I'm Brian Shook. And Tropical Storm Hillary is currently forming off Mexico and is expected to bring heavy rain to Southern California early next week. Peak intensity for Hillary is forecast as a Category 3 hurricane Saturday morning with winds of over 120 miles per hour. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to look for at temperatures around the area. Here in Eau Claire, we're sitting at 64. Medford, 61. Rice Lake, six, Rice Lake, Winwasa, 63. Green Bay, 66 and clear. Marshfield, 63. La Crosse, 69. Madison, 67 and cloudy. And Milwaukee, the hot spot at 70 and cloudy. And today our high is supposed to reach up to 75 and windy. Yesterday the wind was picking up. Although it's hard to tell because I had to feed my cows on the open station tractor. So was it windy or was I driving really fast? That is the question. But uh, tonight, down to 50. Tomorrow, 81, mostly sunny. And tomorrow night, 63. And then we're going to be having a hot spell. And it's going to be hot and humid over the weekend. One last blast of summer, I call it. Um, We're going to... Go through some more of our chores with our markets coming in next. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, that's our first market time brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. We'll start out with our cash livestock. 
Choice fed beef steers are 177 to 190 with mixed at 140 to 176. Choice fed beef heifers are 177 to 189 with mixed at 117 to 176. Choice fed Holstein steers are 155 to 166 with select and silage fed steers 92 to 154. Cows are 80 to 109 with a top of 122. Bulls are 113 to 127. Butcher hogs are 58 to 81 with sows at 54 to 62 and boars at 21 to 28. New crop market lambs are 152 to 191. Feeder lambs are 70 to 217. Use are 45 to 90. Small goats are 35 to 175. Medium goats are $1 to 30. Large goats are 125 to $300. And nanny goats are 45 to 220. And sliding on over to our futures markets, the live cattle futures for August. 178.77, a down 32.5. October 179.27, down 70 cents. December 183.57, down 60 cents. And February 187.57, down 47 cents. And as you can hear, that market is trending downward. And our feeder cattle for August 245.37, down 50 cents. September 249, down 77 cents. October 250.97 down 57 cents. November 251.80 down 30 cents. And that market is also trending downward. And our lean hog carcasses trending downward as well. October 78.17 down 2 cents. December 71.17 down 7 cents. February 75.57 down 30 cents. And April. 80.57 down 37 cents. And our Chicago Board of Trade. Corn for December, 4.79 down 1.5 cents. December oats, 4.45 down 13.5 cents. November soybeans, 13.29 up 5.5 cents. December soybean meal, $382 a ton down a fraction. And December wheat, 2. December wheat, 619, down 3.5 cents. And our cheese markets, barrels, 183.5, down 1.5, 40 pound blocks, 201 and 3 quarters, up a quarter. Great double A butter, 275, up 5 and 3 quarters. And our class 3 milk futures, other than August, going up 1 cent to 17.34. That market is trending downward. September, 17.91, down 13 cents. October down 31 cents to 17.80, November $18 down 17 cents and December $18 down 14 cents and that market is trending downward through the end of the year and I don't see I didn't see a lot of reprieve on that one to make it go upwards. We're going to do um actually we're going to swing right over cuz I have some audio from yesterday and it's right from Mr. Glenn Thompson, he is the Agriculture Committee Chairman, and this first clip is, he was asked what the common themes that he's seen across the nation for what, uh, his listening sessions, the listening sessions, I should say his listening sessions, because they're really everybody's listening sessions, and people getting their word out, and what they think needs to be in the farm bill. So that was the first question, and We'll hear directly from him. 
This one probably marks close to 70 listing sessions, 32 different states over the past two and a half years. Uh, recurring themes are the, the importance of uh, protecting crop insurance. Uh, that's that's very consistent everywhere I go, and our effort is not just to protect it, but try to strengthen it as well. Um, you know, certainly the impact of uh, inflation uh, and the, the, the just the burden of the higher input costs um, and, and somewhat uh, the lack of crop protection tools that farmers are used to having that unfortunately this administration has, uh, you know, basically for political reasons has prevented access. Um, the need for more uh, uh, more markets, uh, and that includes strengthening the, the market access program, for market development program. Uh, that's uh, that's a high priority as well. Uh, a lot of lot of consistency as I travel around the the country in terms of what farmers are asking for. And every once in a while, there'll be something that'll be brand new. And that was uh, Glenn Thompson. And I'm going to give you another clip here. Take me a couple seconds to move it around. But uh, the question was also asked about forestry and what he thought would be on the docket for forestry. And and let's just let Glenn talk. Yeah, forestry near and dear to my heart. Uh, I have the, uh, one of the some of the best hardwoods in the in the world, actually, in the Allegheny National Forest. But it was a great idea that was teed up there by uh, an individual in that listening session about looking at uh, domestic markets, uh, which I have talked about for a long time. I actually tried to work with Secretary Purdue with the former um, uh, administration of how can we, what can we do to uh, to, to restore some of those uh, traditional uh, furniture markets that we, uh, quite frankly, it's the things that families treasure most uh, that becomes part of uh, passing along from one generation to another. And I thought that was a really good idea that we lean in and look at uh, what can we do to to uh, kind of spur a, a, a more of a domestic market for hardwoods. How close are we to, to a new farm bill? I think we're we're really close. We're doing well. Uh, the House Ag Committee has really leaned into this. It's we've done that in a bipartisan way. Uh, we're working strongly bicameral. Uh, uh, Senator Stabenow and Senator Bozeman are are, are really leaning in. Their, their staff are doing a good job. Our teams are working together, um, and so I I think we could be in a position by the before the end of August that we could have language in the House. Um, uh, I credit a lot of that to the input that we've received from from farmers and ranchers and foresters all over the country. Uh, between the listening sessions, the hearings, uh, the portals that we had for the public and for members, um, we probably have, or undoubtedly, have, have had more input for this farm bill than any time in the past. And that's how we make this a highly effective farm And the last part of that clip was asked if how close they were to getting that farm bill written. Um, I apparently missed that when I was clipping it this morning. So, but it was very positive, and that's always good to see. We better get back to some more of the normal chores. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's time to take a look at some of our farm news. And you've heard some clips from uh, Glenn Thompson, uh, Agricultural Committee Chairman, but. Uh, Really, that was the story of yesterday. And at the Farm Bill Listening Session in La Crosse, well over 200 representatives from Wisconsin's corn, soybeans, specialty crops, and milk producers, along with farmer organizations, had the opportunity to ask questions related to the next Farm Bill and voice their opinion on Farm Bill content. One focus of the crop growers was to support 
with support for crop insurance and marketing assistance. Milk producers wanted to see the federal milk marketing orders revamped to help with the pricing discrepancies. Continued research for crops was also brought up by different producers, from the corn producers to the cranberry producers. It was uh, something that they are very passionate about, and you know that research is what helps us keep producing the food. The importance of food security for all Americans was discussed by the elected representatives as well as the producers. Prop 12, trade agreements, and foreigners purchasing U.S. farmland were also discussed. And finally, aging farmers and ways to engage young people, vets, and non-traditional people in farming and producing needed food for Americans. Agriculture Committee Chairman Glenn Thompson from Pennsylvania fielded most of the questions and comments. Wisconsin Representative Derek Van Orden attended the meeting virtually and shared his thoughts. And I will have to say the the Wi-Fi down there was excellent because we didn't lose him once, and he was actually a very big part of the meeting. He was taking notes, and it was, you know, just good to see different people's thoughts on the farm bill. In Wisconsin, Senator Ron Johnson, he was also in attendance and encouraged everyone in the room to reach out to their representatives and let them know what you need and want in the farm bill and any other legislation. He said that's what they're there for. So he was one that was really encouraging uh, everybody to reach out and voice your opinion. And last week, the expected world corn production amounts were shared through the USDA's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimate Report. And the worldwide total was down. Total U.S. corn production expected to be down 5.3 million tons. But corn production in Ukraine is estimated to be up 2.5 million tons to 27.5 million metric tons this year. Brazil is expected to have a record corn harvest here in 2023. And right now, experts are estimating their crop to be at least 2 million tons more than last year. And one last note, over a million people went to the 172nd Wisconsin State Fair in West Allis this year. Over 10,000 competitive exhibit and animal entries were judged at the fair during its 11-day run. Nearly 24,000 plants, <laughs> and that's something I don't always think about, but nearly 24,000 plants decorated the grounds. They always take care of the entrances, and they always look very neat and, and well-kept. Over $558,000 was raised through the governor's Blue Ribbon auctions of livestock, meat products, and dairy products. Much of this money goes to support Wisconsin's youth agriculture and provide many different scholarships. Over 307,000 original cream puffs were sold to fairgoers, and the giant slide recorded over 100,000 rides during the 11-day fair. So we've got a couple more chores to do and then we're going to be sliding down to uh, hear from Nate and the Bison Association and Pat Rise of the Bison Association so we better keep moving for those who work in acres not in hours Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report Bison once roamed across the state of Wisconsin in large herds today 
There are no wild bison in the state of Wisconsin, and domestic bison far outnumber wild bison across the country. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdars. Did you know that Wisconsin is number seven in the nation for domestic bison production? That was just one fact I found out from Pat Reese. He is the owner of Reese's Tall Grass, where he raises close to 100 bison in Fond du Lac County. Reese is also a member of the Wisconsin Bison Producers Association, and he has a wealth of knowledge on bison and the state of bison within Wisconsin. Can you tell me the number of bison ranches that are currently in Wisconsin? In Wisconsin, uh, according to the uh, 2017 census, there are about 71 farms with about uh, 5,900 animals. And do you believe just from your time being involved with bison that the number of ranches and the number of bison in our state are continuing to grow? I'm going to say it's relatively static. You know, we do have new producers coming into the state and raising bison, but we also have some older producers that, just like any other farm operation, because of their age, they, they get out of the business. So I'd say it's static. I think there's a lot of interest in pe- with people raising bison, but getting into farming nowadays is not as easy as it used to be, I think, just primarily just because of the land costs. And can you tell me, how does Wisconsin compare to other states in terms of those numbers of ranches, of bison? According to the uh, National Bison Association, which covers both the United States and Canada, there are about 360,000 bison in in North America, of which about 230,000 are in the United States. You know, Wisconsin, uh, I went through, the, again, with the 2017 census, which is the latest one that we have. Wisconsin is ranks about number seven in the country as far as number of animals uh, in, the, in the state. Is the number of domestic bison more than the number of wild bison in our country today? The bison on U.S. ranches in 2017 was around 184,000 animals. The bison that are on federal lands was around 9,800 animals. And bison in state and other public herds is around 9,000. And then there's an estimate for additional animals in public herds of around 3,000. So I would say that the majority of the animals, again, are, are managed by individual ranchers. Now, you've been active and involved with the Wisconsin Bison Producers Association. Can you share what the Wisconsin Bison Producers Association does for members within the state of Wisconsin? The association is a place where the members can... It's kind of like a clearinghouse. People share ideas. We have an annual conference where we try and bring in people from different sectors of the livestock business to talk about issues that are specific to livestock and, and again, even more specific to, to bison. So, we, you know, we do some education on an annual basis. The association provides a place for people to gather and, and to talk about similar needs and experiences. And that's probably where a lot of the information is exchanged is people having certain experiences with their animals and wanting to know who else has had that same type of experience. And if it's a problem, how do they solve it? Bison is a pretty unique specialty animal. And you said that there were only 71 farms within the state of Wisconsin that have bison. Is every single farm that raises bison in the state a part of the association or are there some individuals that aren't yet? According to the Wisconsin Bison Producers Association website, we have about 40 members that are listed on the website as being members of the Wisconsin Bison Producers Association. So there are some bison producers in the state that aren't members. The uh, Minnesota Bison Association is our neighbor. 
and they have uh, they have an association. So there's several people in the western part of the state that have chosen to belong to that association versus the Wisconsin Association. But we share ideas. People from our state go to their conferences. People from Minnesota go to our conferences. So there's quite a bit of sharing of ideas and things like that as far as the association is concerned. You said you had roughly 100 animals right now. Is that what you would consider an average size for a bison herd in Wisconsin, or is that large, small? The size of your herd is based on the size of the property that you own and how many acres you have fenced in. In, in our area here in Mount Calvary, we have a carrying capacity of about one animal per acre. We can carry up to 100 animals very comfortably here without depleting our pastures too quickly, and we have the capacity to make our own hay on, on some of our ground as well. Some bison producers in the state might only have 80 acres of land, so they're going to be limited to uh, that limitation. And it's also going to be based on the carrying capacity of geographic area that they're in. Some parts of the state, such as the Central Sands region and perhaps even the, the Driftless area, they might have a carrying capacity that is a little bit less than what ours is. They might they might need two or three acres per head because of the soil conditions and things like that. So what's the average size? I'm going to say probably in Wisconsin, I'm guessing there's probably 40 animals is probably the average size of a herd in Wisconsin. Some of the producers that aren't members, I'm aware of that they might have several hundred animals in their herd. I don't know about the Oneida. I know the Oneida near Green Bay, they have a herd, and I think they might have like uh, 150 or 180 animals. It varies. And again, it's all based on how much land you own. What are a few of the most significant challenges that face anybody in raising bison? And how does raising bison differ from, say, raising standard beef? Raising bison versus right raising beef, I kind of look at it as, even though someone might come and look at our handling facility where, where, we, where we work our animals to catch them and tag them so that we can uh, load them into a trailer and take them to a plant for harvest, they might look a little bit more substantial but uh, than a, a a normal cattle operation, but I kind of think that taking away the land costs, bison is, I think, is probably less expensive to raise or is cheaper to raise than than beef because we don't need any buildings for our animals. Our animals are out on on the range all the time. They don't see the inside of a building or or even d- desire to seek the inside of a building. So you know you don't have a building cost there. You you got fencing and you got land costs. So that's the cost that you have. And then the, again, when you get down to the handling facility for which you need for cattle as well as what you need for bison. Ours is probably a little bit more substantial, but uh, not to a great extent. I think it's um, it's a business to... uh to consider if you're looking into getting into a livestock. And what would you tell someone who is interested in starting their own bison herd? Number one is to probably talk to as many bison producers as you can. The word of caution there is is, you're, is the number of bison producers that you talk to, you're going to get that many different opinions on how to do it. But there, there is, a, again, the, the land costs are always going to be the most prohibitive thing for the bison producer to get into or would-be producer to get into. But I think that hurdle is there for even the beef producers or any, any other one, anyone that's considering agriculture as a business for themselves. You always have to figure that out. I've been doing this for um, close to 30 years, I think. It's a pretty easy job. In fall, the biggest amount of work that I have is catching some animals and sorting them to pick the ones out that are going to go to the slaughter plant in fall. And then there might be some ear tagging that I do some, when they lose an ear tag, you might run some of the cows, you might need to ear tag some animals. Other than that, they're out on pasture all year round. I, you know, open gates and close gates, and that's, that's a five-minute job. This time 
time of year I'm checking calves, animals. You don't need to help the animal when they calve. The, the cows have the calves on their own. The calf is up and moving around in a, about 15, 20 minutes, and it's moving. And the cow is back with the herd in about half an hour or so, and they're moving around with the herd just like nothing happened. When we raised cattle, I was frequently helping to pull calves. The, the level of effort that it takes to raise bison, in my opinion, is pretty insignificant compared to any other uh, agricultural enterprise that's out there, other than building your facilities. I mean, that's everybody's going to have that no matter what they do. Where can consumers buy bison, and why should they choose bison over other meats like beef? Bison has 26% more iron than beef. Bison has 87% less fat than beef. Bison has 8% less cholesterol than chicken. And bison has 766% more vitamin B12 than chicken. And bison has less fat than chicken by 32%. And beef has 98% more calories than bison. Bison is a very, I'm going to say, heart-healthy meat. I believe the American Medical Association has given that terminology to bison that it's a heart-healthy meat, just like some of the other proteins that are out there. People that have tasted bison say that it tastes better than beef, got some of the health characteristics out there that are better than beef and chicken and some of the other proteins. So it's a meat that's good for you, provides all the value that you need. Anyone can eat it. It's actually kind of neat to have a another option for meat. Um, I am a beef producer, so I think I'm going to stick with that. But I have had bison, some local bison, and it is very tasty. And so it's just kind of nice to have another option for bison and meat out there. But we better get back to our chores because we need to have Rocky come in and show us, share us the Marcus from Premier Livestock. D&D delivers D&D The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, just as promised, I've got Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock on. And I said it's okay to have a little variety, but I think I'm going to stick with the beef. What about you? Yeah, I think so, for sure. I'm a big beef fan, and but uh, I like to say something for everybody, and uh, obviously it's healthier, but I kind of like a little fat on mine. Probably not as healthy, but that's what I like. Well, you know, I, I just a little variety, I think, is okay, too. So. Sure, but sure. What about those markets out there? All right. Thank you. Uh, this is how things shaped up here at Premier Livestock. Yesterday we had our dairy cattle auction. Uh, very, very strong dairy cattle auction. Not a big run, guys. We saw 125 head of dairy cattle. Uh, no herd yesterday and extremely strong prices. Top end fresh cows, 2,000 to 2,600. We've seen an extreme top on a registered cow at 4,000. Uh, many other cows from 1750 to 1975. Top spring and heifers, very strong yesterday. 1850 all the way up to 25 and a half on the spring and heifers. Sale average on all the cows and all the spring and heifers yesterday was 2,075. Several trailer loads averaged 2,150 to 2,250. Saw the top breeding bull to 2,100. Don't forget next week, Tuesday. Now that's going to be our special monthly dairy heifer auction. Comes around once a month. Uh, it's about the best auction that we offer for dairy heifers. If you got dairy heifers, uh, bring them on in or give us a call to get those consigned. We will sell feeder cattle after the dairy heifers next Tuesday. Here's a few uh, market highlights for the week, guys. Good week here. Uh, top fed Holstein steers from 147 to 168. Top uh, high yielding market cows uh, 105 to 130. Uh, top market bulls from 105 all the way up to 132. Uh, top high yielding organic 
organic market cows from 145 to 178. Newborn Holstein bull calves, better ones uh, from 200 to 370. Better beef uh, from 500 to 605 on those beef calves. Don't forget, next week, uh, that's going to be our large farm equipment auction. Uh, we are closed to taking any more consignments. We are full. Uh, that's going to be Friday, August 25th. And we're going to start at 9 o'clock a.m. We're going to have three rings all day. We'll have food on site all day as well. Online bidding is through equipmentfacts.com. If you can't make the sale, guys, you can start bidding on items now. Um, like I said, the pre-bids have started. The nice thing about that is if you put some bids on some items, the computer will let you know when those items will come up in the order. Uh, we'll probably set sale order on Monday morning. And note uh, there will be two rings when you're looking on Equipment Facts. you got to make sure you look at both. But you can go through and view all the pictures, all the items on there. Uh, there's a link to there when you go to our website on premierlivestockandauctions.com. Like I said, any questions, give us a call, 715-229-2500. And, Jill, that's how it's shaped up. Sounds like you need to bring an auction buddy to your... Uh, uh... Very good point. Very <laughs> good point. you got to get everything covered and uh, watch them rings. Yeah, that's a good idea. So. All right. Well, thank you, and you have a great day. You too. Thank you. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. And I don't see Mike on the screen, so I'm sure he's ready to tell me that it's going to be nice and warm this weekend. Oh, warm is a word for it. I prefer the term hot, but yes, <laughs> it'll feel a little bit more like summer, of course. But today, I would say a little on the cooler side, of course. It's a nice little bit of reprieve. Uh, however, we are going to have some of that wildfire smoke work its way back in with these breezy winds out of the northwest. It'll be sustained anywhere from about 10 to 20 miles per hour. We'll have some intervals of clouds and some filtered sunshine warming up only to the mid-70s. Tonight, staying mostly clear, dipping to the lower 50s, some of us into the upper 40s. And for tomorrow, more filtered sunshine, highs right around 80. And then we start to warm up. Those winds will start to pick up more out of the south tomorrow night, dipping to the mid-60s for the lows. And for Saturday and Sunday, plenty of sunshine, low 90s. Monday into the upper 80s, right around that 90-degree mark, partly sunny as well. We do have that dry pattern taking us into the middle of next week, with Tuesday, mostly sunny, low 90s. And Wednesday, into the upper 80s, or excuse me, mid to upper 80s. Yet again, we do get a little bit of reprieve. And then Thursday does bring a chance at a few showers and storms our way. But uh, a little bit more than a or it is a week out from today so we'll uh, keep an eye on that but for right now 63 degrees and a few clouds we have cleared out pretty quickly and that dew point at 56 degrees well you know we usually do get a last blast of summer before the kids get back in the schools too yeah, and I mean, I'm sure that they're going to enjoy it, but uh, speaking of enjoying time outdoors, uh, today, if you fall into one of the sensitive groups, such as those with heart and lung issues, younger children and elderly, just make sure to limit that physical activity outdoors. Okie dokie, sounds like a good plan. All right, Jill, you have a good one. You as well. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I had a little bit of an itchy finger there. <laughs> And I clicked so we get some more of these chores done because I need to get through quite a few more. But that was Mike Dandria from TV 13 Weather. And, um, you know, telling us about the stay safe out there and the hot weekend coming up. But Morgan has uh, given me the news. So we're going to be hearing from Morgan and the local news. As soon as I can click the right button today. Good morning, Morgan. 
Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We'll start locally as something doesn't add up and the shakedown continues. County Board has scheduled another special session for next month following the report into millions of dollars of misspending at the county's Department of Human Services. County Board members already removed the county board chairman, you may remember, and now looking possibly to do the same to the county administrator, Catherine Schauf. Some county supervisors are upset that no one in the Human Services Department was punished for misspending nearly $3 million. Looking into other headlines, we go to Trumpelow County, where the sheriff there is looking for whoever released thousands of mink from a farm last weekend. So far, the Animal Liberation Front took credit for letting 3,000 mink escape from a farm in the town of Lincoln. As the sheriff's office is looking for anyone who may have seen anything that can lead to a specific suspect or an arrest. Animal Liberation Front said it freed the mink in order to put the farm out of business. You can find more details online, 715newsroom.com. Well, the green and gold will cost you some more green. A new study says the Packers will be one of the most expensive teams in the NFL to watch over the next couple of years. The folks at Betway say Packers will be the ninth most expensive team in 2025, and that's based on things like ticket prices, jersey prices, the price for, you know, beer if you're going to Lambeau and that kind of thing. The most expensive team in Betway's new survey was actually the Las Vegas Raiders. Speaking of money, if you happen to be putting some away for the uh, higher education plans, four UW schools are on the Princeton Review's list of best universities in the country. UW-Madison, UW-Milwaukee, and then pretty close to home here, UW-Eau Claire and UW-River Falls making the list as well. You can find that full ranking online, 715newsroom.com. In state headlines, Wisconsin and National Native American leader Ada Deer has died. She was the first female head of the Bureau of Indian Affairs and the first woman to serve as a chairperson of the Menominee Nation. Speaking on a UW alumni podcast in 2019, Deer said she didn't set out to be the first of all these things. It just kind of works out that way because I'm willing to put in the work and it interests me and I have a passion for people and passion for life. Governor Evers praising Deer on social media, calling her a trailblazer and a champion. She was 88. And time to drop the needle and spin some records. If the name Jerry Moss means anything to you, you may uh, recognize A&M Records, co-founder of that company, and he has passed away. More from Mark Mayfield. A&M rose to prominence in the 1960s behind the Tijuana Brass, growing even more in the next two decades. The label continued to boom thanks to groups such as Styx, Supertramp, Peter Frampton, The Police, The Go-Go's, Brian Adams, and Janet Jackson. Both Moss and his business partner Herb Alpert were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as non-performers in 2006. I'm Mark Mayfield. Well, that's all great, but I've heard that cows produce better to country music, so we better keep that coming as we head back to the barn with Jill Welke and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And I even had the opportunity to ask Glenn Thompson a question, and I asked him about surprises. I was wondering if you had any big surprises on your listening sessions. Oh, there, there's there's been a couple. I mean, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I, I learned a whole lot more than I that I ever knew about farmers who raise uh, um, oysters and clams and kelp uh, um, and, um, and scallops. Uh, and then probably the most interesting one was in Minnesota, where I heard from a bison farmer whose complaint was about competition with water buffalo, uh, people that would bring water buffalo into the nation and uh, 
raise them and obviously process them. And it was just a labeling issue. The bison folks would like it to be marketed as water buffalo and not just buffalo. So seemed fair to me. I'm not sure we really deal with the, with the laboring issues in the farm bill, but that was the, the, the most interesting thing I've heard so far. And it's always cool when you find something that's interesting. And, and when they find it interesting, it's, uh, um, you know, it just shows the diversity of agriculture. We better get to back through some more chores, and I'll see if I can't grab another clip and get it put on. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Glenn Thompson was also asked where he's going to find the money. And this was his response. Well, it is, but we're working, uh, looking very creatively. Uh, I kind of I tell people my exercise comes from lifting rocks in Washington looking for money. Uh, existing programs, programs that are funded but no really that really don't function or not effective, what's out there. You know, <coughs> monies that you know, USDA is sending back to the Treasury at the end of the year. Those are monies that we should we'd be able to do. We'll be able to save some money, I think, if we can incorporate, we can find some money and save money if we can incorporate some of the disaster funding into crop insurance. Because there's a lot of excessive spending that happens with emotionally charged um, uh, uh, disaster bills. Um, and I, I think there's some opportunities there. So. We're working hard to be able to find what we might need to be able to make this, quite frankly, a very effective farm bill. One more. And it's also, it's so good that they're working hard because they're working hard just like the farmers are. we got to get through a few more chores and then we'll be go heading to markets. And we're going to head to Barron and hear from Brittany and what happened at Barron Equity. For fed cattle, our high-yielding choice Holstein steers sold 160 to 170. Choice Holstein steers were 143 to 159, and unfinished steers and heifers were 142 and down. For cull cows, the top 20% sold from 97 to 115, 60% sold from 73 to 96, and the bottom 20% sold 72 and down. For cull bulls, they sold from 115 to 119, with thin, full, and bulls over one ton discounted. Our next sheep, goat, and small animal sale is this Saturday, August 19th. If you have any animals that you would like to consign to the sale, please give us a call at 715-537-5618. And you are able to drop those animals off Friday or Saturday morning. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to your farm and look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Baron Market Report. Thank you and have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Here we are at 12 minutes before 6 o'clock, 63 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Ha'iman and Sparta Equity. Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 187 to 196. Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 169 to 186. The Beef and Dairy Cross Steers 162 to 182. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 160 to 167. Choice and Select Holstein Steers 144 to 159 with unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers, 98 to 143. Cows steady with the quality beef slaughter cows, $1.10 to $1.30. The high-yielding slaughter cows, $1 to $1.15. The cutters and utilities, 84 to 99 with the low-yielding and canter cows, 28 to 83 cents. Bulls steady. Most bulls bringing $1.05 to $1.20, topping at $1.22 today with the thin, full of bulls over 10 discount at $1.04 and down. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Thursday, August 17th, starting at 12 noon, for our special dairy and feeder cattle sale, followed by feeder cattle at 12.30.
This is a hot aimed at equity lives like in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Very good. And just as promised, I've got Jerry Fitzgerald on the line, ready to tell me that he got a little bit of rain this overnight. Joe, good morning. Yeah, we got about, I just went and looked at the rain gauge here. Uh, actually, most of the rain came after midnight, but it was half an inch, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, there's not too much damage, because we did have some strong winds. Mother Nature put on a, a really good light show last night and thunder and everything, but uh, like I said, a half an inch of rain is well received, and we're happy about that. And had a little bit of cooler day today, so we'll kind of get ready for the, well, what did he talk about, 90 degrees over the weekend, so yeah. anyway, but... I'm good so, with 90 uh, degrees. It's always one last blast before you go to school. Yeah, okay. Well, you're going back to school? No. No, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, okay. But the kids well, we better get to. to. Yeah, we better get to the markets here. It's already nine minutes to six. And Jill, thank you, and good morning, everyone. Summary from uh, yesterday, Wednesday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the feeder cattle sale yesterday. Uh, lighter weight beef steers and heifers on yesterday's sale, selling mostly from $1.80 to two fifty five. Your heavier weight beef steers and heifers mostly from 128 to 192 on the uh, now we'll get into the market auction yesterday on the start with the cow market yesterday high yielding fleshy holstein and beef cows yesterday selling from a dollar up to an extreme top of 129 most of the cows uh selling between 80 and a dollar uh these thin cows like carcass cows 75 and below on the bull trade uh better quality bulls uh, from 112 to 124 lighter weight bulls 108 and back Fed cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers uh, from uh, 148 to 160. Select grading cattle under finished cattle, 142 and below. Calf market this week, good quality replacement Holstein bull calves uh, from 150 to 350. And we did top so far this week at 380. Heifer calves uh, from 50 to 125, up to 140 on Monday. Beef calves continue to be very strong, 300 to 600. And uh, we did reach 650. That was on Monday's auction. And we are at Thursday already. Our auction this morning starts at 11 o'clock. Market auction today, including cow cows, bulls, fed cattle, baby calves. Get to those about 1230 this afternoon. And uh, don't forget, our next hay auction here in Stratford will be next Tuesday. Our next uh, feeder cattle sale will be next Wednesday. And also... Um, on the 30th, which is a Wednesday also, we do have a complete herd dispersal of Delta Galloway cows. I invite you folks to take a look at that on our website, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page, and you'll be right there. And I guess that's all we have, Joe. And you have a you have a nice day. Enjoy the cooler weather today, and we'll talk to you uh, tomorrow morning. And, uh, well, the um, fair is going on over in uh, Merrill, and uh, uh, Athens Fair starts uh, later this, later today. So a lot of stuff going on. Absolutely, and you know it's got to be warm one more day for fair season. Oh yeah, well we'll have good. I think I don't really think there's any more chance of rain now anymore this week, is there? Nope, it's just hot. Very good. All right, well we'll talk to you later. Have a good day. You as well. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. And we're going to do our last look at our markets. Corn, Chicago Board of Trade, corn for December. 479 down one and a half. December oats, 445 down 13 and a half. November soybeans, 1329 up five and a half. Soybean meal for December, $382 a ton down a fraction. December wheat, 619 down three and a half. And for our country elevator prices, wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connersville location, 482 for 482 for corn, 1279 for the soybeans, golden plump in Arcadia, 517 for corn, Baldwin, 437 and 1289, 
Durand, Mondovi, Elmwood, four forty two for corn and twelve eighty nine for soybeans. Fall Creek, four thirty two and twelve seventy nine. Osseo, four sixty two for corn and twelve eighty nine for beans. Elk Mound, four seventy nine and twelve eighty four. Sparta, four seventy four and thirteen sixty one for beans. Ellsworth. 422 and 1279. Northside Elevator Loyal Location, 492 and 1295. In Arcadia, 497 for corn and 1312 for soybeans. At our ethanol plants, Boyceville, 492. Stanley, 502 for corn and New Richmond, 487. And our cheese markets. Barrels, 183.5, down 1.5. 40 pound blocks, 201 and 3 quarters, up a quarter. Gray double A butter, 275, up 5 and 3 quarters. And our class 3 milk futures, August 1734, up a penny. September 1791, down 13 cents. October 1780, down 31 cents. November, December, both $18 and down in the markets. And every, as far as I could see, that market was heading downward. And one last look at our weather. Nope, we're going to do some more chores. Let's do some more chores, and then I'll be back. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're almost 6 o'clock, and we're going to do one last look at our weather here on Wax 104.5. We're sitting at 63 degrees here in Eau Claire. Today, 75 and windy. And if you heard Mike Dandre, he talked about the smoke from the fires coming around. So be careful out there. Limit your outside exercise if you have um, health issues that it bothers you. Tonight, down to 50. Tomorrow, 81. Mostly sunny. Tomorrow night, 63. And then rolling into Saturday, Sunday, Monday, hot and humid into the 90s. So one last blast, blast at summer is what I say before... And I know some of the kids are, well, most of the kids, what I've looked up when I've done my research for FFA programs, a lot of them are starting here very soon. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. New 2022 campers starting at $11,988, ChilsonRV.com. And that's weather on Wax 104.5. And that's what I have for the farm show for this morning. And remember... Take care of yourself and take care of each other. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.